0: Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Who's glad to be in church? You are. That's good. That's a good start. I want to read something for you, to you quickly out of 2 Corinthians. Uh, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Right? First seed, then he provides bread to eat. in the same way, he'll provide an increase to your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. What we like is, I want to sow and then I want the harvest." And God's going, "I'm going to give you that seed, and then the harvest is going to bring about a great I'm going be it's going to bring about a great harvest of generosity in you. Amen. It's much quieter when that part comes up. But here's the truth, like if if you if God has done something great in the area of provision for you, it is likely that it's not just so that you can just have have have, it's so that he can use you to do more and he's never going to take it from you, right? If you just keep reading scripture, you're going to find out that you're not going to outgive God. That's not how it works. But He's not blessing you so that you can just sit at home and hide and be rich. No, we're supposed to meet the needs of a city, meet the needs of a society. Amen? Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. God is giving you tons and tons and tons of stuff so that you can be generous. That's awesome. Amen? And you can always be generous. And then we take, uh, when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. That's the crazy thing is you bless people and they bless God. Amen. Generosity changes things. Generosity will change everything about the people you're trying to reach. You, try, you start being generous. I'm telling you, you will reach people en masse. Amen? And so I know that you guys are giving. I know that uh, times can be tough. And I know sometimes it can be harder to give than other times, right? But I want to pray over your finances because I believe that God's going to not only give you seed, which looks like nothing, but He's going to produce a great harvest in your life and it's going to be so that you can be generous in all situations. Amen? We also need to use wisdom, though, when it comes to finance. There's some really nice things that you want that you buy on your credit card. Don't do it. Don't do it. I've done it. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, I pray for every person as they give, as they consider giving, as they're learning about tithing, as they're learning about generosity. I thank you, God, that you are going to increase them so that they can always be generous. In every area, we pray that you would enrich them and that as they Grow in generosity as they, as it stirs within them. God, I thank you that it is going to go from strength to strength in Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, you can say Amen, Amen. Whether you're giving out the back or online, whatever that giving station is, uh, I want to thank you for your generosity. Um, I'm speaking to Pastor Matt from Bridges for Peace just to find out what all's going on and how we can play a part. I want us to do something. Amen. So we're going to do that. Um one thing, we've got amazing things happening with the fasting. We started praying for, for Saxon. Uh, an amazing report came through about his health this week, which is incredible off the back of some like crazy weeks. And what I've noticed is is for us praying 24/7 is making a difference. And I want to thank you for praying, right? I, I've done two this week and it's it's not easy, right? It's not easy like, I don't know whether bakeries just somehow get a notification when I'm fasting. I think I think they genuinely do, and I think some of you are selling me out somehow. Uh, uh, you know, like it's not okay because I walk past things and it's just like, wow, I've never I've never wanted that more than I wanted right now, and I've never been willing to go into debt for all things edible, right? How? I, but it it's amazing what's happening while we're fasting. So we do at the back have fill out your name, right? Like, just take a day. Just take one day and just fast. And what we're going to start to do is add people to this. I've got uh, somebody in the church who's just... gone through their first chemo treatment I'm just waiting to hear back from her but I want to put her in there as well so we can pray for her and 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 if there's needs that we have in the church let's let's pray for one another let's continue amen like if if God can heal Saxon then God can heal anyone if God can if God can do it in your life he can do it in someone else's life but the power of prayer the, the fact that we are praying seven days a week like it is unbelievable amen so we're going to keep doing it are you with me 7 a.m. to 7 a.m., that's all you have to do, right? It's the night you go to bed early. You're like, I just can't take it anymore. I've got to sleep. You ready to get into the Word? We look, we're talking about Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Um, last week I said, I'll tell you it again, Nehemiah, what I love about this guy is the fact that he's an everyday person like you and I. And what makes him great is that he actually cared about what mattered to God. That's really what, what separates him, and I like that. I like when I find characters in, in Scripture who, who aren't somehow these guys who float or, you know, spit gold or something like that. The, the people that we meet through, through Scripture are everyday people. What makes them great is the way that they care. Amen? And he cared about people, and he cares about God's presence. When you find people who care about people, and you find people who care about God's presence, there's something different about them. Amen? And so this is the guy we're talking about. He's credited for rebuilding uh, the wall. And I think like all of us, we want to be remembered for doing something great for God. It doesn't have to be that I'm going to plant a million churches, but I just don't want to exist. I don't want to live life like just I was born and then died. Like that to me seems like the most boring way to go down. Like I want to do something. It could be something small to others, but significant to me. Like I actually want to make a difference in someone's life. I don't care if they never tell anyone, but I'd like to help someone. I think that that is powerful. I think I think doing the small things are often more important than the big things. The big things are for show sometimes, but the small things are what matter. It's that phone call, that text. Those are the things that really matter. Amen? Encouraging somebody or, um, you know, uh, Kathleen, I know a lot of people are, um, I know Kathleen's at some rally and all the rest but this week she found out about the lady who's going through the treatment and you know what she said, this amazed me she went, "Oh, I'll go sit with her I thought, wow like, if she never said that, how would we ever know? But that's a big thing. Could you imagine that moment and you had somebody who was excited about going to sit with you? That, to me, is a big thing. That's a, That means you could die and make a difference. You've made a difference in someone's life. That's the kind of difference I'm talking about sometimes. Is we think it's the big thing, but it's those little moments that really matter. Amen? And so, just a quick, some background. Um uh, Nehemiah, he, he has his brother, he comes around on vacation and he's sharing, about the, he's sharing about Israel. He says to him how they're all going and his brother says to him, it's, it's terrible. The wall's broken and, and people are in distress. They're actually disgraced. It's, not, it's, it's bad. It's bad. The people of God are, are, are a mess. And you know, when, it, when they talk about the walls, walls represent safety. Amen? Like the wall around your house, it keeps, like, keeps good in, bad out. But when, like, the bigger the wall, the safer. You want, you want a wall of safety. You don't just want anyone to be able to walk in. Amen? Like, your toilet door is like a wall. It's an important thing to you. Yes? It's an important thing for the people that are not in that room with you as well, but it's an important thing. Right? Like, like you, that, when that door closed, it's like a, a safety barrier. Amen? So when walls are damaged, uh, the enemy has access. That's kind of what we're dealing with. We're looking at walls, the fact that a wall can be damaged and the enemy has access. Um, I wonder in your life, your boundaries or your walls, are they cracked? Are they damaged? What's, What's getting in? What's getting in? Like what on your TikTok gets in? What on your Instagram is getting in? What are you allowing to affect the way you think that does not line up with what God says? Because if you're entertaining it, it means it has a gap. It has a way in. You have to be very clear about what boundaries you will have, what things can come in and what things cannot come in. And I can't make that determination for you, but you need to be clear. Amen? So Nehemiah hears about the destruction and and the... the scripture reads this way, when, he, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. He didn't. You know when you hear about somebody struggling or something, you go like, oh, I'll pray. No, 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 not I will pray. No, you should have already been praying. It should affect you to the place where you actually do something about it. If it doesn't move you to a place of action, I would argue it didn't really affect you at all. And I admit that. I've admitted that many times here. I used to say to people, I'm praying. And I wasn't praying. It just sounded good. What happens is something changes when you pull the car over and you begin to pray. Something changes when you walk out of that meeting and say, sorry guys, I need to go to the bathroom real quick and you pray. Something happens when you stop what you're doing, close the app and say, God, I just lift this person up right now and I declare over their life and I speak this over their life. And and then you message and you say, I've prayed. That's powerful. I'm praying. That's powerful. Not I'll pray. Amen? Amen. He was concerned. It bothered him. And when you find something like that that bothers you, this is the catalyst for change. That's the, ca- that's the starting point for change is the fact that you care. Are you with me? Nothing is ever going to change or be built or repaired until it concerns you. Nothing will ever be fixed at home until the state of it concerns you. No one walks through their new kitchen, for instance, and goes, man, it's brand new. I'm so upset. I should change it. No. We, but you do look, walk in and go, I've got 10 doors. Where are nine of them? Why is everything leaking? Why is everything broken? Like, this is not okay. This is something we're going to work toward. We're going to fix it. That is when, when it concerns you, you'll start doing something about it. When the state of the city concerns you, you'll start doing something about it. When the state of Rockingham concerns you, you'll start to do something about it. Before that moment, all you're doing is existing inside something that is an issue. Are you with me? Tracking with me? Kind of. So Nehemiah does these two things, which amaze me. Two things. After he's, 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 he's heard what's happened and it's affected him, he does two things. Number one, he repents on behalf of the nation. That's wild. Have you realized that, that Rockingham is not praying for Rockingham? So if you are not praying for Rockingham, who is? Who is? Who is? Who's praying? Your family's not praying for themselves necessarily. Who's praying for them? If you're not, who's praying? Have you ever considered this? Most people are not praying for you either. If you're not praying, who's praying? As Christians, like there's not a lot of prayer going out. We want to reach Rockingham. How often are you praying? Does it concern you? Do you walk down the the foreshore and think, what a punk. Look at him. Look at that Muppet. Or a pig? Like, does it concern you? Or do you look and think, that's not okay. Like, people shouldn't be talking to their, their wife or their partner that way. God, I just pray that you would raise up strong men in the city, that you would be, uh, raise up examples. Would you begin to pray for the city? No, if you're not praying, no one's praying. And that's what makes this guy uh, an absolute gun, is the fact that he's concerned and then he does something about it. Oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. I like this. He starts to use scripture, right? If you want to pray properly, use scripture. Listen to my prayer. That's not like a, he's he's, he's more like shouting out the exclamation mark. He's not like, oi, listen to my prayer. That's not kind of the way it works out, right? It's not that you will stop what you're doing and you listen to me because I'm praying. He's not that kind of arrogant, amen? And he says, look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. Now these people he's repenting on behalf of. So they are, he's not saying these are the people who follow you doing the right things. He's just saying these are your people. Sometimes we have to realize that like the city guards called us to, they're not doing the right thing, but they're still God's people. Amen. I confess that we've all sinned against you. Yep. Even my own family and I have sinned. It's a good place to be. Uh, We have sinned terribly by not obeying your commands, decrees, regulations uh, that you gave us through your servant Moses. He's admitting things. This is where I'm at. I'm being honest with you, God. This is, to me, the the greatest thing about relationship. Please remember what you told your servant uh, Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But... If you return to me, obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place that I have chosen for my name to be honored. Sometimes people are walking in the judgment of God, but that doesn't mean they're too far gone. Right? They can always come back. God's word is clear. You want to do it your way, go for your life. Right? It's, a bit like, it's a bit like walking across the road with your eyes closed. You can do it. You shouldn't, but you can do it. It does exist for you. And if you do it, somebody's going to go, Yeah, there goes Mr. Stupid, and boom, the bus took him out. And that's your fault because that wasn't your only option. But you can choose to look. Amen? So he repents on behalf of the nation. Are we, are we coming before God and saying, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't get it right. In fact, if, if anyone's going to point a finger, point here first. Like, I just don't get it right. And I can admit that the city that we live in, it doesn't get it right. But if, we, if they would turn to you, God, your word says. I'm asking that you, would, that you would hear this prayer of mine, this earnest prayer. I'm not going to stop. Amen? Are you praying for Rockingham? Oh second thing he does is this, which I like, because this is not what most people do. He commits to being part of the solution. Most people most people are like, I'm praying for Rockingham. I love that. What are you doing about it? Praying. I'm praying for my friend. Fantastic. Great start. What are you doing about it? Just praying. Yeah. Just trusting God. What are you hoping for at their desk that the Lord Jesus turns up and goes, Jason? You no, know, he's waiting for you to walk up and go, Jason. Like, you've got to do something. Like, we can't, just, we can't just be in this room and go, we're just going to pray for Rockingham, and then what? Like, the doors will fling open, and just masses of people will walk in because we prayed. I'm not saying it can't happen. It's just most people come to church because of an invite. Like, I'm not—Juan and I were talking about stats. Like, I'm not all for statistics, but I think it is still 90% of people come to church because of an invite. So we should probably try that. Please grant me success today. Here it goes. Not like, God, just you do something. I see the wall's broken. God, by, just by favor, just speak and bam, let the wall go. Your people are disgraced. No, no, no. He's saying, hear my prayer. Grant me success today by making the, uh, making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. Because uh, in those days, he was just the cupbearer. And please grant me success Today, and then God does what God does best early the following spring. Because no one can make you wait quite like the Lord. Have you noticed that? Is it just me? Or when you pray, other people get what you were praying for. You're like, God, I need breakthrough. Somebody walk up to you. I just got breakthrough. You're like, huh. Huh. it's tough to love you right now. I've been mean, praying for a new car. You won't believe it. I just got, I just got two new cars. I've been praying for, a, for, a, for a, I'm just praying for like a, a, a promotion at work. Your colleague will come to you and say, you won't believe it. You know that thing you, were, you applied for? Just randomly, they gave it to me. <laughs> Have you noticed? They're just like, hello, whoa, Where? you know. And so he's serving the king. And then at some stage, the king says to him, why are you looking so sad? You don't, you don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. That's in verse 2. Then I was terrified. terrified. He was terrified, <laughs> which is worse than terrified. That's way worse, by the way. Um, he says, Long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins. The gates have been destroyed by fire. And the king asked, Well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God. Of heaven, I replied. How that, that, that blows my mind. How many of you know that sometimes in your reply can be prayer? Sometimes in what you say can be so spiritually geared that in a moment there can be breakthrough. Don't just answer a question. Don't just say something. I replied, if it pleases if it please the king, if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah. To rebuild the city. So here's the thing he's distraught. He goes into prayer. He goes into a time of fasting. God answers the prayer. He's like, God, give me, give me favor today. God answers the following spring, which is just not just not unusual to me, right? And then he when the moment comes, the guy who's employing him is blown away. Because he never let his bad attitude go to work. He never let the things that really affect him stop the way that he serves. He carried on with a good attitude. He kept pushing. Even though it wasn't what he wanted to be doing, he carried on pushing in the area where he had to be pushing. And he did a great job and he kept going and did it with a great attitude. And some of you need to keep pushing even when it's not your thing. You need to keep going even when it doesn't make sense. You need to keep doing what you're doing even when it isn't the thing you really want to be doing. I have a deep desire to build church my whole life. That is my desire. I think, that, I think that's pretty clear. But when I'm at work, I work as though that is the only thing I have to do. I don't think outside of that. I work and work. I want people to look and go, this dude is passionate and very good at what he does. I want them to be shocked when they find out that they, that may not even have been my number one passion. Is that right? It is right. I think you know. You do. Come on. If you can't be faithful with something, you're not going to be faithful with someone. Some of you like have this deep dream to have like ministry. Man, you want to you deal with ministry. Learn to, learn to do things here properly. Learn to do things at work properly. Learn to manage your finance at home properly. Learn to, that is where the breakthrough comes. Where it's not about this pulpit. This is, this is nothing like what, what I'm doing. It's like it's the tiniest bit of it. It's just the bit that you lose your Saturday for. But the, like the, for the most part, if you think about it, like, you guys are going to do amazing things for God. And it may not be that you, you're going to preach, but you're going to reach people, help people. Those big things are found in people that you're going to affect. If you can see it that way, you'll realize that you have to be faithful with the things that you've got before God can trust you with people. Because people matter to God. Things don't. But things will teach you faithfulness. If, you can't look, if we can't look after this equipment... What does that say about how we're going to care for one another? True? I mean, if we can't, if if we're not going to wash the equipment down and make sure that it's looked after, pack it properly in the vehicles and and really take care of it, are you really going to take care of of somebody that comes into the church? You're going to walk with them, be with them, care for them? No, you're not, because you have an attitude that says, I don't care. It's brutal, but it's true. Amen? Amen? Most of my faithfulness was tested cleaning toilets. It's true. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful. I hate the toilet now the same way I hated it then. But I've learned to care for things that are crappy, you know. And sometimes when you guys are crappy toward me, I, I still, I learned, like, amen, Tissue. I have no idea where I am in these notes, but that's fine. Here's a thought, though. Most people, right, most, most of you don't realize that, you know, the companies you work for, they would actually probably fund more of what happens at church if you would open your mouth and pray for favor. He said, God, um, grant me favor in the sight of the king. And people go, yeah, but my company probably wouldn't do that. Why not? They they fund the breast cancer foundation, they fund that thing, this thing, that thing. Of course they would. If you've got a cause that matters, people will back it. But they will never back it if they if you're not praying, you're not asking, and you are just absolutely junk at what you do, because they think that what they're giving toward is just going to be treated like rubbish. Mm. And then trouble, verse 10. But when Sam Ballot the Honor Knight and Tobiah the Ammonite Ammon night, official heard of my arrival. They were displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Three things you need to do, right? If you want to be like Nehemiah. Number one, show concern. You want to rebuild the walls, you want to do something great, show concern. If it doesn't bother you, if the state of the city doesn't bother you, you'll never do anything about it. Amen. Number two, confess your sins and pray, even stand in the gap for those that we know are doing the wrong thing in the sight of God, right? We stand in the gap. That is what prayer is, amen? Number three, commit to being part of the solution. Talk is cheap. Put your money where your mouth is. I want to change this city, man. You don't even change your underpants quick enough. Let's go. Like, you want to change this city? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to reach people, reach people. I remember years ago, my pastor, he said to me, Andrew, what are you going to do? Uh, I was up in uh, Prinderville at the time. He said, Andrew, what are you going to do? And I said, "I'm I'm going to reach people for Jesus. And he said, then go, get out of the church and go do it. I was like, amen. He's like, no, no, now. But it's church now. Like, we're about to do church, like in an hour. And he said, Andrew, I'll tell you, we'll do it another way. Don't come back until you've gone and reached somebody. Oh, so I'm going to miss the service forever. (laughs) I'll never forget, I was terrified. So, uh, if he's watching. But I was terrified. I went, I tried to reach out to that many people. I ran straight up to Joondalup, the shopping center. I invited that many people. I had, yeah, you can imagine, Sunday morning some turkey sweating, running up to you, just like, do you want to come to church? I just tried everything. And uh, just obviously it, it, didn't, it didn't go down well. And so I, um, I found a dude at the back. I found a dude at the back of Juniper, and I, I paid him. I paid him and he did. He came to church. He never came back, but he made his money. I paid him up front. He came to church. I enjoyed the service. What I've learned is that you have to do something if you're going to see something happen. You can judge me. It's fine. The truth about it is this, for most of my life, I didn't care about the state of the world. I actually didn't, I didn't mind what I was doing as far as sin went. I quite liked it. I was having a mad time. Um, I didn't want to fix it and I didn't face opposition. Yep. And we live in a world that doesn't care. They don't believe in sin. They think they're building for themselves a great future. And they're actually thinking that we're the opposition. That like we have ourselves a problem. The walls of society have just crumbled. Our political system's a joke, right? I'll, I'll I'll credit the Australian Christian Party. I smashed them last week. They did respond well, better this week. Good, good on you. But I'm going to say it how it is. Like, turn up. Like, if you're a mouthpiece, turn up. Like, I'm not here for, I don't, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to take over. Like, it's, it's just the way it is. Like, if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. And I do love them because I know them very well. But the truth of the matter is, now's not the time to play political games. Now's the time to step up and lead. We need to have a voice in society. You need to have a voice in your company. You're that voice. You need to have a voice in your family. You're that voice. We need a voice in all these different areas. These people, they've, they've decided to be public servants, then serve the public. Right? Amen? We're still online, kind of? We're still online. Last week, they kicked us off. Nothing will change until we do. And God's waiting for us to step up and to show some concern and to realize we do miss the mark, but here's the great thing. We can actually be part of the solution. We can actually rebuild society and do something really great for God. Amen? But we're going to face... Opposition. So check this out. Uh, verse 10. Remember, I said, but when Sam Ballot, the and, and Toby, or whoever these guys are, um, when they turned up, when, when Nehemiah turns up, they suddenly upset that somebody's going to do something for God. Sam Ballot, the, the Horonite, right? So Horonite actually means this. Do you remember in the beginning of, of the year, I did Seven Enemies? I said, whenever, I taught on the seven enemies, whenever you're going to go into the land that God has given you, whenever you're going to step into something, you are going to face certain levels of opposition. That is going to happen. It's not just a free for all, just because God said it, it's going to be a walk in the park. Remember I taught on that series? Right, we'll do it again sometime. Um, Whenever you see this name, it is somebody who opposed the the rebuilding of the wall. This is one of the enemies, is opposition. They are anger, right, so there's always anger toward you, and indignation, which is like they perceive it to be unfair. So you'll see this all the time, like, why did that person get to do it? And it's unfair, that should have been me who got to do that, and, 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 and pastors are really, you know, we really suck at this, but, but what happens is like, why does that person plant a church there, and why did this happen? Just relax, like we're expanding the kingdom. There's millions of people that don't know Jesus. We we are not in competition. We don't have time for that. Amen? So whenever you you get the sense that there is frustration because you want to rebuild something that's broken for God, whenever you face anger, opposition, or frustration against you, and you feel like, oh, it can't be this difficult, why is it so tough? It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual enemy that you're facing. You need to pray differently. Amen? The Ammonite, by the way, these people were hired by Baal to curse Israel. They kept rebelling against God's will for Israel to have Canaan, their promised land. They showed their greed and were ready to, they were battle ready. met? you want to do something, it's like, have you ever met certain people, you want to do something for God, and it's like they were ready for a fight? Just think like, did you just, did you, do you wake up ready to fight? Like, are you that irritated with life? You just in case anyone wants to do something, I'm there to fight. It's a spiritual thing. When you find people like that, it's a demonic influence, right? I want to do something great for God. The, the enemy's not going to go, no, well, we'll just let it go. No. As much as we want to reach people, the enemy wants to rip them from God. Don't expect it to be a walk in the park. Amen? And This is why we keep praying. Are you praying? Are you praying all the time? Let me sum it up real quick for you, and then we'll pray. The walls of the city are broken. The city, this one. The walls are broken, and the enemy is flooding in. And the generation that we're supposed to be reaching is being absolutely hammered. The things online, you know, I spoke to the kids, but you you parents need to think this thing very, you need to think it through carefully. I have had that many messages from people going, I'm scared. If you're scared, imagine how they feel. Get them off of the social media. Get them off of the internet. Keep them away from this junk. Right now, there is so much stuff that's just being put out there. The last thing they need to see is, is some toddler that's had his head cut off. They don't, they don't need that right now. Like at their age, like give them something constructive. Don't do that. Amen? Like that, that's not what we, don't do that. You know, and, and people go, Andrew, when you have kids, then, then talk. The Bible doesn't say I have to have kids to have wisdom. The Bible doesn't say that you need to have kids before you have wisdom either. So use your mind, use your brain. Amen? I do love you all, but Satan's after this generation, and, and we can make a difference. We can do it. We can. They are waiting for us to do something. They're watching how we respond. They watch how we worship. They watch how we speak. They pick up everything. I remember with my, my little brother, I'll never forget, we're walking through the shopping center, he was in the, the trolley. You know, he was that small, sitting in the little front seat of the trolley. I'll never forget. I'm probably because I was cool, because I was a teenager. I had to stand a little bit back from my mother because if you're too close, you lose like, social status. And so uh, she was walking maybe where Kobe is and she's walking and I'll never forget, she's pushing Warren and I just hear him drop the F-bomb like boom, and I just knew I'm about to die. <laughs> then one place he learned that. It's just only one place because Russell's too stupid to use that word. I remember, I remember my mother when she just stopped and you know, that was like the moment she stopped moving so did my heart right? I'll never forget that moment. They are listening to everything that we do. I, how many time, I probably only told him a handful of times to, what to do with that word, right? But he remembered, and he had to drop it in front of my mother. You want to know why I'm, I'm not actually great looking? Is that moment she turned around and dealt with me. Mm, bad day. Who told him that? Why are you looking back? Amen. Oh, it's rough. But we're not going to make a difference if we don't show concern. If we don't humble ourselves. Like I know you're all that, but you're actually not all that as well. Like you have just admit it. You just you mess up. And it's okay. Welcome welcome to being human. You're going to mess up more. The idea is to become more like Jesus, not just be Jesus right, you, you, you're not going to, you're going to mess up, but that doesn't disqualify us from praying for the city, and for praying for this nation, and for recognizing if we don't do something, we're in trouble, amen, understand you're going to face opposition, you will face opposition, but I want to show you something, I've written it down here somewhere, which is amazing, I know I wrote it down, because I was there when I did it, hang on, check this out, So he asks the king, right? Remember, he says to the king, like, hey, if you if you like, would you let me go back and do this? The king says, Yes. Now, in my mind, I'd have been like, bonus, let's go. I'm done. He's paying for my leave. Let's go. Like, I'm 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 on this thing. But then he asks for letters so that he can have safe travel. Done. The king's like, yep. Then he says, can I also, I just thought if there is, if possible, I'd really love, if you could like send a letter to the king's, like the the head of the forestry department, because I would love some some timber to rebuild the gates because they were burnt as well. The king says, yep, fine, right? So he doesn't just get what he wants. He gets a little bit more. And then he goes, oh, and by the way, uh, there were army officers and horsemen that were sent with me to protect me. I never asked for that, but that's what I got. It doesn't matter how much you ask from God when he's going to do something and make a way for you. One of the things you get with that is protection. Because it's God who's ordained this thing. So he's going to protect it because it's, it's his goal. It's his will. It's his dream. Sometimes you want to do something for God. Don't worry so much. God's with you. Amen. That's pretty cool. Yeah, remember that. Let's move right past the ites again. Number one, show concern. Understand that you miss the mark. Commit to being part of the solution. Uh, it's not going to happen on its own. Understand that we will face opposition. And keep praying. If you do that, you're in a prime position to be, to be rebuilding and doing something great in the city. Amen? So I want you to bow your heads for a moment. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. You don't have to answer out loud. But I do think that you need to answer them. First question is, do you want to make a difference in the city? Do you want your life to matter? Do you want, do you want to do something significant? The next question is, does the state of Rockingham bother you? Because I'm—I'll I'm, be honest with you. When I first came down here, thank the Lord that it stopped. But all I ever heard is how bad Rockingham was. Oh, you're going to be taking the church in Rockingham? Oof. Yeah, I am actually. Oof to you. Enjoy doing nothing. Rockingham's got some of the greatest people on planet Earth. Yeah. It's got some psychos, and I'm glad to be part of that community now. That's a cool place, and I'm concerned about Rockingham. I want Rockingham to be different. Are you concerned with your own thinking? Like what's getting in? Does it concern you? Then I've just got a general one for you. I'm hoping that you would put aside your agenda for a moment. And let me ask this honestly. Will you help me reach the city? I can't, I can't do it alone. I'm going to give it all I've got. But can we reach the city? Can we speak life over the city? Can we, can we believe God for revival in the city? Can we believe God that there'd be a unity of churches in the city like I, I, I can't I can't speak for other churches but I can speak for us like we, we, I'd never want to be I never want to be that I don't want to talk about other people but I just don't like it it's whatever I want us to work together and we do and will you push will you keep going even when you face tough times that's a declaration of war when you say, I'm going to push, I'm not going to stop. Tough times may come, but I'm not quitting. I know what Jesus has done for me. I'm not, I'm not going back to what I was. I, I, I'm, I'm, I may not be where I need to be, but I'm not going back there. Will you help me reach the city? Father, I pray right now for every person in the room as they consider where they're at and where the enemy is getting in. Where they, where they stand and consider the state of Rockingham, where you've called us to, God. And for now, that's where we are. And we are building and we're going to keep going. But this enemy has, has broken things down and it's flooded and has come in and, and we want to take a stand and it bothers us. And I look at the city and I think, man, I I cannot wait till I see people praying for each other in shopping centers and enjoying meals together and spending time together in the parks and families reuniting. I just, I look forward to it, God. I I think about it a lot and I'm I'm desperate to see it happen. And I think it can happen. I'm believing that it's possible. Destruction is not your plan. Where they praying right now, Would you settle wherever there is a bit, of, a, a bit of tension or anything that's uneasy? Those that are online, will you help me reach the city? Will you help me reach the city? You're online. Maybe you're not in the room right now, but you're not disqualified and you are not doing anything wrong where you are, but you can make a difference. You can make a difference with your social media. You can make a difference with your family. You can make a difference. I'm asking, will you help me reach the city? going to take commitment and it's going to take work. It's going to take money. It's going to take time, effort. It means that we have to learn to get along. We have to be okay with the fact that some of us are just, we're just, we're annoying. And we rub each other up the wrong way sometimes. But it's cool. Because that's what, that's what family does. But we come out on top. Maybe you're in this place, you're thinking, I don't even know if I'm right with God right now. I just feel like I've I've drifted in some way. Or you've never made that decision. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you forward, but I do want to pray for you. If that's you, while no one's looking around, just slip your hand up. If that's you online, just respond online. You have the ability to do it. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yes, yeah, I see your hand. Great. I want you to know that God loves you tremendously, like he's crazy about you. When he went to that cross, he had you in mind. And I wonder sometimes if it was me, I'd have ducked down a side alley, I'm sure about it. But he kept going because you matter. He kept pushing because he cares. And God doesn't want you to stay in the place you're at. He wants to take you further. And it's time for us to step up and to step in and say, God, we're going to be counted in the city. It's time for us to rebuild church. We need strength and power and purpose. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need until next time from everyone at the link church god bless